We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, the Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Uh, getting to chat some Nets. It's going to be fun. Yes, it's, it's you know, it feels like the Nets are on the back burner. Hasn't been as much news, and the playoffs are picking up. But we still got plenty of topics to dive in. And as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But what are we talking about today, Jack? Uh, we'll start off, Nick, with Jacques Vaughn. There are rumors that he's going to get a head coaching job for the Indiana Pacers or elsewhere. What it, uh, the Houston Rockets are also in the running. Daryl Morey is staying. Maybe he likes uh, what Jacques Vaughn did in the bubble. Maybe he likes what he saw there. We have mentioned this on pods. You mentioned it quite specifically. Matt alluded to it as well. What are your thoughts on Jacques Vaughn as a possible head coach? Does he stay? Does he go? Uh, what are your initial thoughts? You know, we kind of mentioned, like you said, on, I think, the previous show. And I think if you're Jacques... Oh, sorry, Jack. Let me shut this AC off. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you. we mentioned on a previous show, if you're Jacques Vaughn, you have to look at this, you know, opportunity in front of you. And I think the Nets understand that. You only get so many chances to coach an NBA team. And coming off kind of the momentum he had in the bubble, his name is a little bit fresher. He had a really positive experience in terms of the group he had, creating adjustments, getting the best out of those guys. And also, important, more importantly, I think like his off-court presence is kind of a guy that you'd want in your organization to kind of establish a culture. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if Vaughn grabbed the job, and I think the Nets just have to be okay with it. You know what I mean? They're not going to limit this guy who's helped them, and you can't really hold them back. And obviously, they have control of the situation because they have to give him permission to interview, which I think they will. So I would almost put it at like 50-50 that Jacques Vaughn lands a job this summer because I just think there's a lot of momentum with him, and you know he's showcased himself really well in the bubble. And I think a lot of teams are looking for a fresh face and a fresh coach. Yeah, and I think if you're looking at Indiana or Houston, both the situations where I could see Jacques Vaughn having some success. Houston, I think Tillman Fratita, because, you know, you'd probably be able to get him on the cheap. Wouldn't have to yeah. pay Mike D'Antoni that exorbitant salary. Daryl Morey, I'm, I'm sure, saw he, how he empowered Karis LeVert, uh, Jared Allen, and Joe Harris. So if, you know, James Harden, Muscle Westbrook were to stay, keeping that empowered system, he is quite a... Uh, to steal words from Nolan Jensen, a malleable figure. He can he can play different styles. He can implement different styles. So I could see him working in Houston. In terms of Indiana, you know, I think the same could be said with Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, uh, and the two big men in Sabonis and Turner. I think that he'd work nicely there. You know, because you know they obviously take a, a very heavy two system. But I think in in comparison to Nate McMillan, I think Jacques Vaughn would have a, give the guys a little bit more freedom, put a bit greater an emphasis on a more modern style of yep. play, especially in the offensive end. And I think his defensive style that he showed in the bubble is kind of similar to what Nate McMillan sort of had in Indiana in terms of, you know, a little bit of a drop style coverage, uh, switching when possible, having some different looks, bit of zone here or there. So I think that Jacques Vaughn would fit, you know, seamlessly in either of those positions. You mentioned, Nick, that you believe that Sean Marks and the organization will give him permission to interview if it is uh, does go down that path. Yeah, 100%. I think it would also be a really bad look if they didn't. You know what I mean? Like, this guy did a great job in the bubble. He didn't get the head coaching job. He was willing to take the lead assistant job and support the new hire. Like, you just have to be like, all right, Vaughn, like, you, have, you can go interview if you want. And like I said, like, these opportunities don't come every day. You know, there's only so many coaching jobs, only 30 coaching jobs in the NBA. You know, from season to season, there might be one or two that open. This year, it just happens to be like five or six. And he's just going to kind of capitalize on that and see what happens because you never know when you're going to get that shot. And I'm sure for Jacques Vaughn, it probably felt like never after how Orlando went and just kind of things have really worked out for him in Brooklyn in this situation. Yeah, there's. it seems to me that, you know, a third of the league, a fifth of the league have head coaching positions yeah. uh, open right now. It's it's an absolutely wild time, and, and hopefully we do see Jacques Vaughn land one of those. I agree. I think that Sean Marks, you know, having the history with the San Antonio Spurs organization has seen that, you know, Greg Popovich has always been a guy that, uh, and, you know, you can even look at the Clippers as well. They really highlight their assistant coaches and are like, yeah, he, this guy should be a head coach already. Let's do it. Um, obviously, we haven't necessarily heard that right now because maybe they're wanting to keep things under wraps. Maybe they don't want those those rumors to come out maybe Jacques is is, is happy in Brooklyn you know we you might don't have know a nice paycheck <laughs> it, it is highest paid assistant and you know if Tillman Fertitta is only going to be offering him a little bit much and it's only a little bit more is it worth the stress and and lack of security because we know head coaching jobs have a, a, a true lack of security in that regard whereas you know if you're a highly paid assistant that is quite a consistent safe job in terms of the pay pack, in terms of that job security, etc. So um, I guess, Nick, I'll, I'll put to you right now, Houston or Indiana? If I'm Jacques Vaughn, I think I prefer Indiana because it's a less of a pressure situation. I have more versatility, and I'm not necessarily forced to play a specific style of basketball. Unless Daryl Morey gets extremely creative, 
Houston can only do so much to their roster without trading away like main contributors, where I think there's more flexibility in Indiana. You have a lot of different pieces, and I think it's a little bit easier to trade. You know, it's easier to kind of find pieces that fit your scheme or work with guys, and the pressure's not the same. You know, Houston, as much as it's not realistic, there's championship expectations. In Indiana, I think they're pretty cool just being almost a middle seed or ascending into that top four or something like that, where it's not like you have to win a chip this season with the Pacers. Yeah, there's going to be changes of plenty around the league in, in the offseason. We expect some trades, some free agency signings and such. Obviously, the the nature of the pandemic has, has left some of the owners' uh, pockets leaving a little bit thinner. You know, be that Tom Petito, be that um, the guys in Indiana, and we don't know what their priorities are. Is it blow it up? Is it get rid of Russell Westbrook or James Harden or both? Yeah. Um, who knows? In Jacques Vaughn, can he lead a new team there? Uh, you know, if they make some sort of a trade, or is Indiana the, the place to be? As you sort of mentioned, where there's, you know, it's not a high market. It's not a, the, the expectations aren't as great. They're just looking to, you know, make the playoffs consistently. And obviously, you know, I think that Nate McMillan said this year that he, uh, I'm not sure if it was him or if it was put to him by uh, management and ownership, where it's like if he doesn't make the past the first round, then, then he's out of there. You know, I was always a bit um, suspicious of that extension, so to speak. So uh, I think Jacques Vaughn will probably be a better fit in Indiana land. But I also do think that his his skills and his communication would bode well uh, in, in Houston, too. I, think I wouldn't would... rule him out of New Orleans. I know his name. I don't think it's been mentioned a ton, but I think that wouldn't be a bad fit. And talking about, you know, Nets coaches, who do you think is going to land a job this summer or this offseason? Kenny Atkinson or Jacques Vaughn? Who's more likely? I, I think Kenny Atkinson is still Nick because I think that there are more situations out there that probably do suit him. I personally would prefer Kenny Atkinson in New Orleans than Jacques Vaughn, uh, just purely because of the situation. And it's not to be reductive to both of these men's skills as coaches. You know, Kenny is just a player development guy, and they've got Zion, they've got Brandon Ingram, they've got these young guys on the rise, Lonzo, if he stays there. Um, and then you look at Chicago in terms of what they're trying to build and, and trying to become an established playoff team. You know, it seems to me that that is a, a match made in heaven for a guy like Kenny Atkinson but it also seems like Billy Donovan is, is heading there uh, at the same sort of time as I mentioned on the outlet too so um, it's it's a good question I, I personally would prefer if, if I were a, a, a general manager and an owner I think I prefer Jacques Vaughn just because of you know, the the experience that he got in Orlando I think is going to hold him in really good stead uh, I think that and whereas you know with Kenny Atkinson he's been out a little bit you know, what can he do with an entire sort of... the? I think it's, Kenny Atkinson needs a, a team and a system to implement. Where and, um, and that's just me basing it off of what I've seen. And he's quite, not totally rigid, but he's quite close to being rigid if he can't implement that system and, and provide, I guess, a bit of player freedom. Again, in saying that, he did provide it to D'Angelo Russell, to Carol Severt and Spencer in the latter points of his coaching career. But it did take some convincing. And whether that was Sean Marks and you know, what relationship would Kenny Atkinson have with a guy like David Griffin, I think it'd be quite positive, as would a, a Jacques Vaughn as well. I think that it's more it's it's situation dependent, I guess, Nick, in, in that sort of respect to sit on the fence a little bit. If it's a rebuilding situation, you want someone there for three, four years to rebuild to rebuild you back into some uh, consistency and have good habits, and then, uh, or if you're looking for immediate success, I think Jacques Vaughn is probably the way to go. Yeah, I think I agree with that, Jack. I think you know Kenny kind of has a system and everything in mind where I don't think he can adjust as much. He wants to play, you know, the modern basketball with focusing on threes and paint shots and no mid-rangers and defensively 
He wants to play that drop coverage, not allow corner threes, where I think Vaughn is a little bit more adaptable or at least has shown a willingness. And it's hard to really grade Vaughn because, like I said, the Orlando stint doesn't really count because those players were terrible. That whole organization was just in a bad situation. And then this year, you don't even really know like what Vaughn prefers to do because his hands were tied given the roster he had in uh, the bubble. But another thing that would be interesting on the Vaughn front would be like, does it help the Nets if he lands a job with Houston or Indiana in terms of trading? Because he would obviously kind of prefer a Nets player that he already knows about, you know, a la Jared Allen or something like that. And it could maybe help the Nets complete a trade that maybe they wouldn't have been able to if Vaughn wasn't in that situation. Yeah, maybe it's a, a Robert Cunnington or a PJ yeah. Tucker to Houston with some sort of other pace, be it a toy in Prince or, or something else in that regard. It, it certainly does. It, it does, you know, make you think and, and intrigue you somewhat. But you know, we'll certainly be keeping up with that. And and be it Jacques Vaughn, be it Kenny Atkinson, these guys are head coaches in the NBA, and they deserve whatever position they do get. Um, I want to see them in the NBA for for the long term in that sort of respect. But. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility of your hiring. You only pay for what you need and can pause your account at any time. And there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you with the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. We'll stay on the assistant coaching route, Nick, and there's been plenty of news in that regard. We'll start off with probably the name that we've spoken about on this pod a couple of times, and that's Phil Handy. Yeah. Phil Handy has been rumored um, via Shams and Sham, Sham, Sham Sharania from The Athletic to be the Nets to have interest in him, obviously, and this is um, via Brian Lewis in the post, and Handy has said this together. Uh, obviously, me and Kyrie spent four years together in Cleveland. Tremendous growth for him. When I got to Cleveland, he was still a young kid just trying to figure it out. I was able to help him learn... Uh, and be like a pro. Our relationship went way further than basketball. Off the court, we spent a lot of time together. We were neighbors. We lived two or three doors from each other. So it was a lot of growing and maturing. We've also heard Kyrie said in the past that he's like a father figure to him uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, Kyrie doesn't normally use that willy-nilly because when, you know, Lebr LeBron was sort of used in that regard in, in a question, uh, he sort of snickered at that remark. So I think in this respect, Phil Handy is my top assistant that I'm, if I'm Joe Sy, if I'm Sean Marks, if I'm Steve Nash, that I'm trying to throw the bag at 
part two. Yeah, 100%. This is a guy we talked about maybe as a head coaching candidate due to his relationship with Kyrie Irving. So I would love it. I think this would just be another piece that helps with those relationships with the superstars. We talked a lot about Steve Nash having the connection to KD and Sean Marks. Now Phil Handy would be a guy that has that deep connection with Kyrie that maybe could help connect him with Steve Nash. You know what I mean? Just kind of giving everybody almost their guy in this situation would be huge. And I think it'd even be more important if they lost Jock Vaughn because Phil Handy is an experienced guy that really could help Steve Nash and really help him understand Kyrie Irving. It's a, it's a really good point. It's a really salient point. In, in that respect, Nick, how likely is it that you think that Phil, and, Phil Handy does make his way to Brooklyn? Do you think, for example, hypothetically, if the Lakers win a championship, do you think it's more likely that he does come? If they don't win, do you think it's more likely that he stays? It's tough. It's really tough because I don't know how deep his relationship is with LeBron. Like, yeah. obviously, he went to L.A. probably because LeBron re requested it. I don't know if he has a deep relationship with Frank Vogel. Maybe he does. But it just seems more likely to be correlated to LeBron factor, being in Cleveland, winning a championship. And then, you know, LeBron's in L.A. has a chance to win a chip again. So it depends kind of like, does Handy, like, really love Kyrie? Is that, like, his guy and he wants to coach him? And then also, like, maybe Joe Sy can throw the bag at him, like you said. We know the Lakers are kind of stingy with their money in this past offseason because if not, they would have probably signed Ty Lue. So I couldn't imagine Phil Handy having a big assistant coach contract. And if he's looking for more money and maybe a new challenge, he could go to Brooklyn. So I think there's a, a real shot at it. I don't want to say it's a guarantee because, hey, if you're in a championship situation, you really like what you're doing, and, hey, L.A. weather is amazing, maybe Phil Handy stays out there. But I would almost put it at 50-50 at this point because I think he really does like Kyrie and I think the Nets would be willing to throw some major money at him. Yeah, both of them should be in championship status next year one way or another. I think that you know the money obviously is a factor for anyone in this world. And like you mentioned, you know, Jeannie Buss you know, is by no means a, a poor woman, but in, in respect to the rest of the NBA owners, when you're looking at true billionaires in that respect, when you're looking at Joe Tsai, you're looking at Steve Barmer, you're looking at Mark Cuban, these guys have made money throughout the pandemic. And whereas... Jeannie Buss, a lot of her, her wealth actually is from the Lakers organization. It's quote-unquote a family business. And obviously, you know, the, the Wish money... Wish I had one going, of those. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be pretty handy to have. Hopefully, OTG gets there one day. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But in, in that respect, Nick, I, I agree with you. I think Phil Handy would be uh, an immense hire, especially if, if Jacques Vaughn were to go. I think that the the value, the, the knowledge, the, the relationships, all of those tangible things that he could provide the organization would be absolutely awesome. And I think that that's what it's all about heading into uh, what is hopefully a championship season going forward. But there's a name that also uh, crept up into that Sham Sarania report, and that was Jeff Van Gundy. What this is an interesting one. <laughs> what, uh, interesting how, Nick? Explain it to me. I did not expect this. I didn't know it. I didn't even see this until you uh, sent me the doc over it. I was like, I just like Jeff Van Gunny doesn't necessarily seem like a guy that wants to be an assistant. If he came back to the NBA, it felt like he would be more of a head coach. And like, I don't even know if he's that interested based off the way he kind of talks on the broadcast, but obviously a guy with a ton of experience. And I think he's respected by players to an extent. Obviously he's had success in this league, has coached a lot of great guys. So he would be huge in terms of that experience factor and just providing maybe a little bit of a yeller. Like, you know, I don't know if Steve Nash is going to be that guy. And I definitely know Van Gundy is willing to kind of yell at players and kind of give it to them. So I don't know how the fit would be. It's interesting, though. I, I just haven't really, like, I I can't see fully why the Nets want to do it, other than the experience factor. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, 
the experience factor is is something that that Steve Nash has alluded to. He's saying he's going to surround himself with guys that have that experience that have, you know, he can sort of you know uh, delegate to in that respect. And and we already see that with Jacques Vaughan. Phil Handy would be would be perfect. Jeff Van Gundy obviously was rumored for the Nets head coaching job. Maybe this is why his name is is in the the sort of. Um, the 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 piece from from Sham Sarania, I, I think that in terms of what he could provide as as an assistant head coach, as an assistant coach, sorry, it is this I guess the the experience of being there and done that, and mm. despite the fact that in terms of some of the things that he said, he says on the ESPN broadcast, sometimes he does provide some salient points, and a lot of it is when he's not with Mark Jackson. Yeah, but in in that respect, I think that you you can't knock experience, and as long as he's not the one. You know, again, he doesn't have the, the the final tick of approval at the end of the day because he is an assistant. So, in my in, in for me, it's it's something I'm more enthusiastic about as an assistant uh, than as a head coach. Yeah, and I could maybe even say the same for Mark Jackson in that respect. I I'm not really a big fan of Mark Jackson in the organization at all, to be um, to be fully honest. But in in that respect, I would pro- I guess I'll put it to you, Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, if we had that choice. Yeah, definitely Jeff Van Gundy. He's not telling players that the reason they're in a slump is because of demons. So I think that that's always a positive and kind of being realistic here. So I, I think you've kind of won me over a little bit on Van Gundy too. And I remember reading an interview with him after Nash got hired, and he was really positive about saying how like all the experience Nash has on the court would really correlate to him being a head coach. So given that he respects Steve Nash to an extremely high level, I think there's more of a possibility. But I also just like don't really envision him being an assistant coach. I feel like if he wanted to be coaching at this point, he would have already been doing it. Yeah, and you know, I think he's rumored in Houston, uh, I believe, in, in that sort of respect. And you know, I think that a, a new, uh, new-ish owner in Tillman Fertitta looking to make a sort of like splashy hire Similar to what the Nets made with Steve Nash. Obviously, a much better hiring in both of our sort of opinions. I believe he coached was... there too before. Yeah, he was coaching. Exactly. Him. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that there's uh, th- where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think that, you know, um, and, and we know that Daryl Morey is going to be making the hire. So is there a relationship there? We don't know. Uh, that's for a Houston Rockets podcast. In, <laughs> in that respect, Nick, just looking at uh, celebritynetworth.com, apparently Jeff Van Gundy's net worth is $16 million. There's no way we can there's no way we can. I mean, I don't know the the validity of the source of celebritynetworth.com, the website future billionaires read every day, apparently. <laughs> and I always was kind of confused by net worth. Like, you know, it's like, how do they kind of come up with this number? You know what I mean? Like, they don't have access to his financial records or what he's invested in and things along those lines. But I don't think the mo- money would be much of a problem for the Nets in many situations, just given how we mentioned Joe Sy is one of the owners that's, you know, bank account has been ascending due to COVID. Yeah, I guess in that sort of respect, you know, you'll have probably the most... If Jeff Van Gundy, Phil Handy, Jacques Vaughn, those are three coaches that are on the assistant coaching ranks behind Steve Nash, that's going to probably be the most expensive head coaching, coaching panel in the NBA, would it not? Yeah, 100%. I was just thinking that. I almost like... I don't know if they'd hire three of these guys if they still have Vaughn on staff. Like we mentioned Joe Sy having so much money, but at, at you know, it is a business at the end of the day. He doesn't want to like spend all this, especially if he's going to pay luxury tax to keep Joe Harris and then the moves down the line that the Nets are going to make. I wouldn't go all in, you know, spending a ton of money on your assistant coaches just given, you know, he's a business guy, <laughs> businessman. He knows that like spending so much money just isn't good for him. 
No, no, obviously not. Um, to keep on the the topic of assistant coaches, we have a, a mild rumor out of across the pond from New York Knicks land, assistant coach Royal Ivy, um, who has some ties to Kevin Durant uh, and the and the Nets organization in that respect. Um, how does this name sort of speak to you, Nick? Yeah, I think he has a deep relationship with KD. I think KD said he's one of his best teammates of all time. Obviously, I think he does player development with the Knicks. And if the Nets wanted to kind of promote him up to an assistant coach, I could definitely see him being interested. And obviously, if Kevin Durant requests you, you're probably going to be interested. It also comes down to the fact, are the Knicks going to allow him permission, which they probably would, because in most situations, you allow your assistants or your player development guys to have opportunities, especially when it's correlated to a promotion. Yeah, I, I'm, I think that they had they weren't in the past. I think he was offered a, um, he w- he was shown interest from the Sixers last year or, or or somewhere around that time, and the Knicks refused permission. Oh, what is Whereas, the Knicks not yeah, having I mean, good manners? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and maybe uh, who knows why in that sort of respect. But Ian Begley has reported that the Knicks are more likely to let him be interviewed, and this is via one of his articles. The Knicks haven't made a decision yet on Ivy, but the teams who are interested in him believe that it's likely that New York would allow him to be out of his contract to pursue other opportunities. And, you know, I think it just, if you're looking at what the Knicks would do, just take a, a leaf out of a lot of the other teams and sort of promoting growth within your organization looks good for you. You know, yeah. if, if Roy Ivey gets a head coaching job, what what is always on the resume is that former assistant for the New York Knicks, all those sort of things. And it makes you, it sort of brings credibility in a sense of like, you know, what's happening in San Antonio when you have, you know, James Borrego, Becky Hammond's uh, around the rings and, and so many assistants, Tim Duncan could be taken over from Greg Popovich. When you have your assistants getting jobs, it looks good uh, on the organization. And I think that the Knicks need to uh, I'll let that go a little bit. But yeah relationships are plenty uh, with, with all of these guys, I guess, Nick. And and new head coach in town with Thibodeau. You know what I mean? Like, there's yep. not a connection. He didn't hire him. He was already kind of in, in-house. in So it'd be more likely to kind of see changes there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, our, our friends, the, the Glue guys, put this up on their Twitter. And probably the most far-fetched out of all of the the one the, the names that we've spoken about. But, Nick, Mike D'Antoni, thoughts? I mean, I think obviously he would be great in terms of experience. The relationship with Steve Nash is there. Offensively, he would help provide, you know, a lot. But I don't think that's also the Nets concern is like offense should be, I don't want to say relatively easy, but given the talent, it shouldn't be like rocket science. It's more of that defensive end. And I kind of feel like D'Antoni's going to get a job. I mean, the rumblings still seem like D'Antoni's the favorite to land the Pacer job. So if maybe if he doesn't land any head coaching jobs, he wants to sit on the bench with Steve Nash. But I feel like if D'Antoni didn't land a job this year, he'd probably take the year off. I agree. Uh, obviously, the contract did end, so it's not like he would be making any sort of you know payout money. But then I could also see him as some form of analyst on TNT or ESPN. He's got a, uh, a I could great see him boss. being consultant for the Nets. Like I could see him, you know, yeah. talking to Steve Nash, uh, who was a Jeff Hornacek, was a kind of a consultant for Kenny Atkinson uh, when he first started. So maybe D'Antoni could do that for Nash. Absolutely. You know, we, we've seen, you know, Steve Nash be a, a consultative coach in, in Golden State. So I think that he knows uh, how much experience, wisdom, knowledge that, that can be imparted from, from different names and different different caliber of, of, of people with their experiences. Um, so I think, yeah, Dan Tony, if he does somehow end up in the Nets, uh, I, that wealth of knowledge is going to be uh, outstanding. And we, and we know what he can do, especially on the offensive end. And, and the, the relationship that he has with Steve Nash is, is clear and true. With, you know, he, 
the the statement that he made after upon being asked about it while he was in the bubble is like you know Steve Nash he was asked about like the offense he's like well Steve Nash did did basically everything I just gave him the ball and, and yeah. he the place and I think that a lot of people were like oh Dan Tony doesn't actually know how to coach he has no offense clearly it was said flippantly but we know that the uh, the embedded relationship is there Nick some other names I wanted to bring to you um, via my own sort of just looking around and, and seeing what's there. And by also Anthony Puccio, who was on the Hoops Hype podcast. Anthony Puccio mentioned the names Rajah Bell, former teammate of Steve Nash. Alvin Gentry, who was a, a former head coach of Steve Nash. And I looked into a couple. I looked into uh, Mike Brown, who is currently with the Golden State Warriors, has a former relationship with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in his Cleveland days. And Nate McMillan, who obviously deserves to be a head coach somewhere. But I think adding, again, head coaching experience whether Jacques Vaughn stays or goes, I think would be a great hire. When you hear those names, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like Alvin Gentry, Mike Brown, Nate McMillan, all good coaches who've had success in this league. So I think adding any of those three guys would be huge. You know, we talked about the guys previously, especially a guy like Van Gundy and D'Antoni. These guys would kind of provide some of the same stuff in terms of experience. Like Gentry's been coaching for a long time. Mike Brown is super young, but it feels like he's already coached in like five different spots. And Nate McMillan has done a really good job. And even though the Pacers, you know, didn't have the success they won, a lot of that was due to injuries and guys being out of the lineup and a limited roster. And I think Nate McMillan has had the Pacers play some nice defense over the last couple of years. So that would be an area where I think he could really help. And you mentioned with Mike Brown, the relationship with Kyrie and KD, which would be huge. Gentry is another guy kind of similar to Antoni. Being up there in age, I'd almost feel like he's either going to head coach or he's going to sit out a year. Yeah, definitely. In, in relation to Mike Brown, I was doing some more intense research and just looking at the, the different connections. And, you know, when Steve Kerr was out with that horrific back injury, he was coaching the, the playoffs uh, for the Golden State Warriors. And he was making plays for Kevin Durant, high pick and rolls. And, you know, the, he had some... Uh, and Kevin Durant was... Obviously, when Kevin Durant gets a play call for him, you know he's going to um, step up in, in, in a big sort of way. So I think that there's a relationship there. Mike Brown has also said that, you know, in a couple of years ago, this was in June 2017, that Warriors could play Kevin Durant at center. So yeah. in, obviously, probably not something we'd want to do now and not necessarily straight away until Car um, KD's found his footing uh, on both ends of the floor, especially defensively. But, you know, I think that that relationship is, is clear, you know, and, and I think that would be a really good one. It's something that I'm quite positive about. I mean, a sort of lead assistant role again whether Vaughn does stay or go you know you can have multiple assistants with multiple uh, levels of experience so I'm, I'm really enthused about them Raja Bell uh, obviously is currently a, a you know a podcaster a rival of ours of sorts uh, <laughs> for the Ringer Network providing some, some decent analysis I don't uh, the one thing that did stick out to me most recently is, is why I'm not listening to, to his podcast as much anymore um, is because of his comments on, on Paul George and when he was uh, expressing himself in terms of the mental health battles that he's been going through in Orlando and the fact that he's like, keep that in-house, you don't need to say that to, to everyone. Whereas for me personally, as, as a person who has gone through that stuff and as, as probably most of us have, we want to see that stigma taken away and you know, hearing those comments from him wasn't necessarily something uh, that was music to my ears in that sort of respect. So that's just a personal subjective opinion I have about him. But those No, and I think that actually matters, though, like especially when it comes to Sean Marks and the culture of the organization. Yeah, he has a great relationship with Steve Nash, but 
that type of attitude I don't necessarily is a, is a great fit on the Nets culture. And, you know, maybe some of the guys given their history and which has been alluded to in terms of like mental health, like having guys with moody personalities or whatever you want to call it, like that's not necessarily a great fit. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, Kyrie's having a bad day, he's not doing well, which he's talked about dealing with mental health with Boston when his grandfather passed away. Like, I don't know if you want that type of guy around. Yeah. I think, uh, a, an environment of inclusion, openness, and honest communication is something that and we've, we've raved about, I guess, the, the emotional intelligence of Steve Nash. And does uh, Raja Bell have that? You know, uh, it's, it's we don't know. questionable. We yeah. don't know. We're, we're, we're purely speculating based off what we have heard from him as, as pundits and as listeners. So uh, that, that just uh, was a little bit distasteful in, in my eyes. And, you know, I think that, the, again, the head coaching, whether it's Alvin Gentry who has... The, who was a head coach for Steve Nash, Mike Brown, who was a head coach for both KD and both Kyrie. And it's had success with them. You know, obviously, probably not as much success with Kyrie when he was a youngster. Uh, and Nate McMillan as well, who I think is being a little bit underrated as a head coach. And, and we know our guy Corey Waldron of the outlet and, and, and remembering the office is high on him in some respects, but there's also understanding of, you know, probably uh, an invigorating change uh, in Indiana. Other names I think it could to... benefit Nate McMillan to be under Steve Nash if they run like a modern offense with these pieces and kind of help him understand what he was missing in Indiana. And again, like I'll say with the Pacers, like I still think a lot of like the reason they played the way they did is because of the roster construction. Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. And you know, sometimes you need to go back to the assistant coaching ranks before you get back into it. And, you know, Ty Luce seems to me uh, to be the ultimate example of that, as well as many, many others. You know, Mike Brown is probably a, a head coach worthy guy. And, you know, the Tom Thibodeau, I don't know if he's, he started as an assistant, but yeah, I think that it's, it's never a bad thing, especially if they are being compensated uh, in, in a, in a well regard as they deserve to be. Other names I'll bring to you as well. It's going to be the assistant coaching show here because it's something that is going to be incredibly important for Steve Nash's success and the organization's success. Apparently, and this is via Alex Schiffer, one of his tweets from when the hiring of Steve Nash did occur, Kevin Durant called Steve Nash before he signed with the Warriors and was originally introduced to him by Nets yeah. assistant Adam Harrington. Yeah, I would think Adam Harrington's a lock to be on the assistant coaching staff. Like, that's the one guy I just think that they'll definitely retain because of that relationship. And it also feels like everybody loves Adam Harrington. Like, you always see him posting pictures. He's, like, talking trash to Spencer on Twitter. His kids have, like, Nets jerseys on every single day. And I just think he provides a really positive vibe for the organization. Yeah, I think that... He could provide, and he will provide, you know, good value to to the Nets in, in many respects. He's whenever I see him, at, um, when I'm lucky enough to be at Barclays and see him at the game, he's incredibly well dressed. Also, you know, I think yeah, that some him swag. and Steve, yeah, him and Steve Nash are going to be competing with some, some polos and some 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 slick hair games in that sort of respect. You know, whoever we get, it's going to be a, a handsome, well dressed, experienced uh, assistant coaching ranks. Nick, a name that I don't think has gotten spoken a lot about. But Damari Carroll did give him a shout-out, and he has been a, a very successful longtime head coach with the Brooklyn Nets, is Jordan Ott. And Damari Carroll said this, Jordan Ott is one of the best young assistant coaches out there. Work ethic and dedication is unmatched. A uh, hundred emoji. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's a guy that's worked with the players really well. I remember, I can't recall what podcast it was on or something, and I remember them talking about Jordan Ott and the work that he does and doesn't necessarily get noticed. But it's just tough to say, you know, with the other guys. Like Adam Harrington has a connection to Steve Nash, has a connection to Kevin Durant. 
And it also goes to like how much does Steve Nash have a say about the assistant coaches and how much does Sean Marks have to say? Because like these are guys that he knows better than Nash knows, especially if there's no previous relationship. And I don't think there is between Jordan Ott, you know, Brett Brillmeyer and uh, Trayvon Bryant. Like, I don't know if there's any other relationship. Adam Harrington, it's apparent because like you said, he's the guy that introduced KD to Steve Nash. The other guys, we really don't know. Yeah, and in that respect, sometimes you don't have to have a relationship with the superstar to provide value to this organization. It seems to me that that is the only thing we're talking about. It's not the only thing that is needed. We look at the the skills and experience that those coaches have and have provided to their respective organizations and can provide to the Nets, which is why I think Jordan Knott would be a good hire. And maybe it brings back the swag daddy himself. Yeah, and I think Brett Billmeyer does a lot of his work with uh, Jared Allen. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I've heard that before and helping him kind of develop. And he's obviously made major strides from when he was drafted. So I don't know if they'll look to keep these guys. It's interesting because there's been so many assistant coaches brought up. There's another one brought up today. I think it happened when you were sleeping. Rod Strickland, uh, Kyrie Irving's godfather, former player, you know, is a look to kind of get into assistant coaching. That would be another possible guy, especially if they can't get Phil Handy. I think they really want to get a Kyrie guy in the staff. Yeah, and whoever that might be, we'll have to certainly uh, wait and see with that. We've we've seen the likes of Phil Handy and and the names that you've mentioned there, Nick, as well. Whether Mike Brown has a strong relationship, not sure about Jeff Van Gundy. Royal Ivy's more of a KD guy. So I I think that some way or another, whether it's a a consultant or whether it's a a true assistant head coach or assistant coach, sorry, um, I think that we will see someone that has a relationship with Kyrie Irving being implemented and and hired by the Nets organization sooner rather than later. Nick, I wanted to touch on before we end this one, Wilson Chandler. Now, this was brewing around via uh, Zhang Duo on Twitter. Wilson Chandler's heading back to Chinese CBA uh, and rejoining the uh, Zhejiang Lions for the 2021 season, uh, reported via a a Chinese media organization. But that was refuted by Alex Schiffer uh, of The Athletic. A source close to Chandler tells me this is not accurate. What are your thoughts on, on the, yeah, what are your thoughts on this, I guess, in general? I think, if I'm not mistaken, Wilson Chandler has played in China previously. So there could be some interest there, especially in terms of like, hey, I'm going to play in China, make some bank, and then come back to the NBA around buyout season and hop on a playoff roster. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. But I would think Wilson Chandler would want to kind of wait and see if he can get on an NBA roster before going over to China, especially given COVID and all the different difficulties of being across the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that it's something that was intriguing, and I think all of us were like, okay, catch you later, Wilson. Thanks for the the year in Brooklyn. But I think that if he can stay in in America and in in Brooklyn, I think that that would probably be his priority given the the nature of the world right now and the the lack of stability. But, you know, China obviously does provide uh, an element for him to continue developing his game. But a lot more money probably than the the vet minimum uh, in terms of what they provide some of the American superstars in their league. So uh, it's certainly something to keep an eye on, and we will definitely be keeping an eye on that and all the roster news, all the coaching news out in future Buzz episodes. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think this assistant coach stuff will be figured out until we see a lot of the head coaching jobs, you know, filled yeah. up. Because these guys are kind of balancing of like, hey, am I going to get this head coaching job? Maybe somebody else wants to offer me an assistant job and pay me more money. It's kind of just a wait and see thing. But that wraps it up for today. One last question. Just to to end it with just one name. Out of all the names that I've mentioned on this episode, who do you want most as an assistant coach? Discounting Jacques Vaughn. That's a great question, Jack. Uh, You know what? 
I don't know why I feel this way, but like Phil Handy really rubbed me the right way when we were doing our researching for like yeah. the head coaching job and just the kind of dynamic he would provide this team and having that relationship with Kyrie Irving, which I think is so important giving all these guys just having someone they really can connect to because there's a difference between getting along with somebody and like connecting with somebody. So I think Phil Handy would really be the guy that I would want. After that, I think I might go with Mike Brown. Okay. What are you okay. thinking? I'm, I mean, I picked Mike Brown, so I'd have to probably stick with him in terms of one of my own sort of research guys. Uh, it's got to be Jeff. Van- no, it's not Jeff. Van- <laughs> it's definitely it's it's clearly Phil Handy, and I don't really need to add any analysis to what you've sort of provided. Um, I think that I completely agree with what you sort of said there, and you know, we've sort of outlined in, in earlier in the episode. Uh, all the, the the pros and cons of what these guys could bring to the organization. I think that the pros that Phil would provide in terms of relationships, experience, skills as a coach uh, would be immense. And possibly having another championship under his belt, the Lakers take care of business yep. in this postseason. So it could always be a real major plus, but always a pleasure, Jack. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. And you can find us on all streaming platforms. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.